This is Alec. And this is Jack. Welcome to another episode of Smith and Scholar. Smith and Scholar is a multimedia project dedicated to promoting and encouraging young men to pursue and live the good life. Let's go. Let's do it. <laughs> you okay? <laughs> I don't know if I'm going to keep that for the... Uh... I'll, I'll do what he would normally does. And we're back. All right, Jack. Thank you for welcoming us back. You're welcome. <laughs> what is an activity that all of us have engaged in at one point in our life that requires the opening of a tool and the looking at different symbols and letters on the page? Reading? You got it. <laughs> oh, look at me. <laughs> and Gold star. Yeah, we're, we're staying on track for our uh, pithy description and your excellent guess. Although, I, I don't really call it a yeah, guess. Yeah, it's not really but... a guess. <laughs> okay. So today, yes, we are talking about reading. And we've kind of covered it in the past with uh, study, leisure, Today, we're getting, I guess, a deeper dive into reading, and it's going to be a little bit of a lighter episode. Yeah, what, I'd say so. Than what we're used to. Usually, we get into real, like, heavy-duty... Degree. Uh, black and white problems of how to live the good life, and today, we're just taking a little more casual. Yeah, definitely. And this is a good one, because we talked about leisure, and, you know, reading can be a leisure, a leisurely activity, so... Um, yeah. So, I mean, we can go ahead and jump right into it. Yeah. I think everybody knows what reading is. If you don't go back to the intro where I described it, (laughs) (laughs) um, but, uh, let's go ahead and move forward. So, uh, we're each going to talk a little bit about our background in reading. So I'll go ahead and start. I will say that I've loved reading since I was young. Um, back in elementary and junior high, we had this advanced reading program or advanced reader program, the AR program, where you read a book and you take tests and you get points. And I wasn't always on the highest tier of points, but often I'd get all a bunch of prizes for reading a lot of books. And then, uh, once I got into high school, there was no AR program, but then I started getting into more historical books, especially as we keep mentioning, one of our teachers in history was a great influence and I wanted to be prepared for those classes, and so I'd read external <laughs> books, which I think often hurt my standing in the class because they're very different, uh, not not mainstream history books, but that's something we can talk about later. Um, then going into college, I had a huge library, and it was great because I would usually read a book a week, and maybe to the detriment of some of my grades freshman year, but at least I read a lot of books, and it happened to be mostly fiction. And then one year in college, I actually read two books a week on average, and this includes both uh, physical books and audiobooks, so I was reading a ton. And that was probably my junior year, that whole year, so um, yeah, it was it was great. I read a lot. And then I also got into online articles in college. So now that I've finished college, undergraduate, and I'm in graduate school, married, and have a kid, I do read less overall, but I also now am rereading old books, books that I read in high school and college. Uh, Usually they are nonfiction, but oftentimes they are fiction, some great books, like uh, mainly science fiction, actually, when I do reread books. Um, 
but I do it so I can get a refresher on what they were talking about or, you know, get some sort of idea of what I remember the topics that I was covering. And then one thing that I do when I read now is I don't always read a book cover to cover, uh, especially nonfiction. For fiction, I basically read it cover to cover. Uh-huh. But nonfiction, what I like to do is pick a certain chapter or section in the book and read that because I remember certain parts well enough. I just want to get a refresher on that one instance. And um, I guess moving forward, I now read to my kid um, little books. It's not like they really understand it that much, but you know, uh, it's fun to read. And I hope to continue reading for myself and inspire my children, future children, uh, in reading. I will say that my pedigree in reading is not that impressive as Alex. <laughs> I nef- definitely have never read, spent a year in which I could honestly say that I've read a book a week or two books a week. But what I will say is that uh, from a young age, my parents really encouraged me to read. Uh, one of my earliest memories of reading um, outside of like school was one year at the school I was attending at the time. My parents went to the auction gala fundraiser type thing. and one of the silent auction items was a basket of books, um, of children's books, and my parents won it, and they brought it home, and there were a bunch of books in it, and one of the books that was in it was Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban, and I ne- had never read a Harry Potter book in my life. I think I was like six years old at the time, so it was probably a little bit above my reading comprehension, um, but I like decided, I was like, I had seen like probably one or two of the movies. Um, or at least one of the movies, probably one, yeah, yeah, Sorcerer's Stone. And I was like, oh, I know Harry Potter. Like, I'll try and read the book. And I, my parents remembered, like, I picked the book up and read it. Um, and they were pretty impressed. And they were like, oh, man, this kid likes to read. So I started reading a lot. And, you know, just growing up, my parents weren't big on daycare or that sort of thing. So during the summer, we had to follow my mom everywhere she went. You know, we're too young to be left alone at home, me and my brother. So we, we had to go grocery shopping, appointments, all that stuff. And we always had books with us. So, you know, you, if you're like in the car, you can read. If you're, you know, mom's got a doctor's appointment, you can wait in the waiting room area and read all that stuff. And we would go to the library all the time during the summer. I mean, it's kind of sad. The library near us um, has been under repair since Hurricane Harvey and it was, it's so sad because it was like a brand new library and beautiful, um, I mean, very modern, but still beautiful. And I mean, tons of books and that sort of thing. And Kendall. And, yeah. 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 And so, I mean, just, it's so sad. Hopefully they'll get it back up. Who knows if they will or not. Uh, actually, yes. Oh, uh, really? I mean, this isn't relevant to the, to the listeners, but this, I mean, it's relevant to, I guess, the listeners in general, right. because this library has been out of service for three years now. Yeah. 2017. Yeah. Since 2017. And just recently they started accepting bids to refurbish the library. Okay, cool. So this is important because uh, at least the community is still uh, actively engaged in promoting reading and education for the community. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, so that's awesome. Um, and that, so as far as like books that I like to read when I was a child, I mean, I, I think most kids love fiction. Um, and so I loved Harry Potter. I read all the Harry Potter books. You know, I, I wasn't one of those kids who pre-ordered and then waited till got there at midnight and picked it up, but I pre-ordered a lot of the books and then my parents would take me the next day and I'd pick it up first thing. Um, the last couple books, I can't, I guess we were like in middle school when they came out and yeah. it, if I, you know, they came out in the summer, I'd pick it up and I'd read it cover to cover in one day. Um, 
and so I mean, just that's I like I like those books, and then I love the series of unfortunate events books. I think part of my like dry, witty, weird, sarcastic humor that I sometimes exhibit is definitely a result of reading those books. You never exhibit that kind of humor. Really? <laughs> uh, I, I knew that was a joke. Um, uh, yeah. And then there was a series I loved called Ranger's Apprentice. And it was all about this, you know, it was kind of like a medieval but fantasy land kind of thing. And I never read all of them, but I read the first couple and it was like, you know, the story of a kid who becomes a ranger. And, it, you know, really cool. Um, but I also loved history. And so, like, my my parents, you know, my dad loved history growing up. And so my dad had all these old books from when he was a kid that my grandma would mail to us. And I would read those. And that's kind of, you know, one of the things that kicked off my love for history and law and politics and all that stuff. Um, and so, I mean, I had all sorts of almanacs, encyclopedias, those sorts of things. There was a great series called the Don't Know Much series. So it was like, don't know much about, um, I think, I think they were about people. So it was like, don't know much about Albert Einstein or don't know much about, I might be confusing them. That Maybe there was the, the kind of caricature. Yeah. Was that the who head? was or the don't know much about series? I don't know, but I'm familiar with the, the people series. Okay. So there was that. And then there was this other series I think was more broad, like American history or world history stuff. And I love those. Um, and like Alec, I have also had less time to read since, uh, you know, starting school, you know, be doing undergraduate now in law school. I will say that I do read a lot, but not for pleasure. I read for, for school and like law school is a lot of reading. So at least I have the reading skills, which is a good thing. So like there's a benefit and we can talk about skill, you know, things you pick up from reading later. Um, but I also love to revisit books that we read in high school particularly Shakespeare. Um, and then some of the stuff we read, uh, like junior and senior year of high school, like, uh, you know, uh, 1984 brave new world. Uh, not a huge fan of great Gatsby. I, I'm, I love some of the Jane Austen books. Pride and prejudice is phenomenal. If you want to read a book about someone who's a good man and is pursuing the good life and virtue, Mr. Darcy is your, should be your, Mr. Darcy should be like primo example. Number one. So, Pick up the book, read it, and then watch the movie because I think the movie's pretty good too. Yeah, and uh, and then finally, right now, I'm trying to get more in the audiobooks, recognizing that I'm in the car quite a bit and I could use that time for other things like listening to a book or a podcast or a podcast like Smith and Scholar. I I'm not sure if I'll listen to my own voice. Maybe I mean we do it for editing and stuff, so I'm not, <laughs> I don't know if I need to listen to it again. Yeah, I don't. I'm a, I'm going to be a lawyer, but I don't love the sound of my voice that much. Well, when you're a politician, you will. <laughs> yeah, it's probably true. All right, so we have touched upon this in the past, but we're going to uh, talk a little bit about why you should read or why one should read. And so primarily, like we talked about in study, it's to learn. And uh, when we say learn, uh, again, we've kind of covered this before, but you learn other ideas, you learn about history, you learn about culture. And then in the specific context of, Jack, what you're reading right now for school, it's mm -hmm. a little bit different, right? Yeah, no, it's very different. I mean, it's more, the reading is is yet, is somewhat for like gain, gathering information, but a lot of it's more like how to think. It's more analytical reading and, you know, using and developing a way to analyze and think about things. But yeah, no, certainly it's it's very much a, an idea and understanding of learning. Yeah, and then I think another reason to read is to grow an imagination. And it might sound a little bit um, juvenile, perhaps, to say like, oh, growing your imagination. But I think it's a really important aspect of leisure is to also have this idea of imagination, being able to be, I guess, creative in what you're thinking and what you're doing. And also within that realm, 
especially since we're both big fans of nonfiction, I think it's really cool to uh, imagine what these worlds, people, and places might look like. And so, as opposed to watching a movie, you can read a book and really kind of have those images be created in your own head. Yeah, and then I think there's another uh, aspect of imagination that I'd like to bring up. Um, and it comes from, you know, a Russell Kirk, who is a conservative thinker. And there's actually a website blog that encapsulate this. It's called the Imaginative Conservative. Um, and they're kind of big on, like, you know, you think Imaginative Conservative, like, po- like you'd think, like, politics and stuff. But it's kind of different. Like, they fo- do a lot of, like, book and literature reviews. And the reason for that is because they understand, particularly, like, classic literature, they think develops what they call your moral imagination. And this is something that Russell Kirk believed. And I think that's true. Like, you should believe this regardless of, like, you know, it's the imaginative conservative. If you're more left-leaning, don't ignore it because reading, like Alex said, helps you to build an imagination. And when you, So, like, going back to my example about Mr. Darcy, if you're reading about Mr. Darcy and Pride and Prejudice, you're, you're building your moral imagination. You're learning about, you know, what, like, thinking about, the, like, circumstances in which he acted and exhibited virtue and morality. And then you can apply those in your own life and you're building your own moral imagination. So I think that's really cool. And we can get more into that with reading, but I think that's just like something I think to tack on to as far as imagining. Yeah. And hopefully what Jack just said rings a bell with regards to prudence and kind of how we can learn more about prudence and how to practice prudence. Because what we said, it's impossible to simulate everything. Mm -hmm. One aspect is potentially learning about different circumstances and how to apply. So uh, that's definitely that's on For point, sure. and so I guess we'll go ahead and talk about it, and then we'll leave one of the later topics mm-hmm. for after this. But yeah, forming yourself to read uh, will help form yourself, and I think Jack, you put it pretty well with moral imagination. Anything else you want to add? No, I think I think that's yeah, I think that's what kind of encapsulates exactly what we wanted to say. As far as I'm, I'm sorry, I jumped ahead, but I think that's yeah, yeah, ex- yeah. yeah, that's exactly <laughs> what we mean when we're saying to form ourselves, and just you know, you you. Know, it it gives you an understanding of, you know, like it gives you ideas of who you should want to be and how to go about doing that. Right. Yeah. And again, it can be explicitly or implicitly learning the virtues again, uh, reading a character and seeing what they do in certain circumstances implicitly informs your virtue, uh, or, um, knowledge of virtue. And then if you're reading again, something like Nicomachean ethics, then it's more explicit in mm-hmm. virtue. And then, uh, the last point of reading is pleasure because, um, reading for reading's sake, you know, to enjoy yourself, enjoy your time. I think that's another valid reason to read. Yeah, definitely. I mean, I guess add on to that, what we kind of mentioned already, leisure um, and everything that goes in. Think, you know, if you want, if you're wondering what we mean by that, go back and listen to our episode about leisure and its relation to culture um, and rest and all that stuff. Yeah, great. So now we talked about why you should read, but what are some things you can read? We've kind of already mentioned these this a little bit, talking about you know our development in reading, but you know obviously there's books, um, there's articles, uh, something that I I mean this is like what you get when you read Shakespeare um, plays. Plays are great. So many things, right? You know, it, it's it's an you know the world of reading is really an open book. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody laugh. Um, but I mean to be honest. To be honest, books are harder to read nowadays because of time. You know, for me personally, I'm sure a lot of our listeners and viewers feel the same way. Um, so articles are, I think, are a good substitute, um, but they're not. Um, maybe I shouldn't say substitute. They're a nice, you know, alternative uh, to books, and so that's a good way to like quickly learn about something or something you're interested in. Um, 
and I mean, not like news articles. I mean, news articles are great to learn, but I think when we were talking about reading and developing, you know, particularly like moral imagination and, you know, trying to form ourselves, you know, I think good, good article, you know, literature reviews, you know, re- and by literature reviews, I don't mean like in the like scientific field literature review. I mean, Which like, I read a lot of, yeah, I bet. <laughs> I mean, you know, but like a book review, but that dives in a little deeper and that, and that sort of thing. So you can kind of get an idea and, and, you know, that, you know, I guess that's how I feel about that. Yeah. 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 And then audiobooks, I think it's, again, it's yeah. not necessarily reading because you're listening, but it's still the same idea of you're getting this knowledge from a mm-hmm. book, but in audio format rather than visual format. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. And I mean, then you're still using your, the wheels in your head to paint the picture. Yeah. So then, as we normally do, um, some virtues that you can develop while reading. So we talked about form yourself, but what are some specific virtues? So in line with the cardinal virtues, I think fortitude is a is a very important mm-hmm. virtue that's needed or developed during reading because you can start a book, that's really easy, but sometimes finishing the book takes perseverance. No, certainly, yeah. And I think, you know, as well, you know, there's you need some prudence, right? I mean, there's so many books out there. And so you have to be able to choose the right book. And I mean, obviously this is you know, that seems like a little extreme, but there like there's a lot of books out there and you only have so much time. Um and you know, I I think those are those are good virtues to kind of think about when think in the in relation to reading. Um, you know, we we've kind of, so I guess that's like you know a way to show that reading is a good like that's a good way to grow an appreciation of reading in a way too is thinking about like the virtues you can learn and the virtues you can use and grow in in reading. Um, but moving on, like, are there are there do you have any personal reasons for reading? And, you know, our listeners can think of some, you know, I think along with this question, like what are some personal reasons you might have for reading? Yeah. So as I mentioned, a non or fiction and science fiction it, within that is probably my favorite uh, genre. And mm-hmm. I mean, it kind of differs every day, but when I'm reading fiction, really it's for pleasure. It's to have a good story and relax. Um, and then for nonfiction specifically, it's to learn something and not to say that I don't also read uh, non or fiction not to learn something, mm-hmm. but uh, nonfiction it's it's a much more concerted effort to learn something out of it. Yeah, and I, I those are basically my reasons for reading as well. I think they're those are probably universal reasons for reading. <laughs> yeah. Um, but do you have? And you've kind of mentioned this already. Do you have? Can you talk about some of your favorite genres and why they're your favorite genres? Yeah. So science fiction, I love because it's it's amazing to see all the world building, the planets, and then. Oftentimes, science fiction takes modern political or cultural problems and then puts them in a different universe mm-hmm. for you to kind of separate yourself from it a little bit. So I really like how that's done, uh, especially with short stories. I'm a big fan of short uh, sci-fi short stories. Then thriller, I, I love thriller books because they're short. It, it's kind of like cheap because it's really fast mm-hmm. and easy to get through, but it's a fun story at the end. Mystery, I love mystery, and I'll, I'll get into... Uh, like my favorite books or series later, but just the story and explanation and, and the specific books are great. And then uh, other genres, I really like history and philosophy in general. And again, that's why do I like those? Well, I learn a lot and then it also helps just develop, again, me as a person as I'm going through. So and you, Jack, any favorite genres? So I really like history and biographies as far as nonfiction goes, particularly about presidents and wars. I I just find those interesting. Um, and I think it's mostly because like my my grandfather was a World War II vet, and my dad knows a lot about World War II, and so like that was just naturally started reading about World War II, and now I've read about the Civil War, 
and other things. Someone interested in politics, it's fun to read about the presidents and the things that they faced in their lives than as political figures. And then on the fiction side, uh, I I kind of enjoy all sorts of stuff. I really love some of the like great classics, um, you know, Frankenstein, Dracula. So kind of those are in horror genre, which is different but fun. Um, I like uh, there. You know, I mentioned earlier. Um, I like there's a what was it? Like I said, like the like fantasy. Um, you know, I, I mentioned some of the series earlier. And, oh, I started getting into, like, legal thriller, you know, fiction books. So, like, John Grisham. Yes, yes, I love those yeah, books. Yeah, so I, I just, I just, I, I've watched the movie two or three times, The Firm, um, and I just read the book for the first time, and it's really good. And now I'm going to, I think the next one I'm going to read is A Time to Kill, which is another good one by him. And then we also have The Pelican Brief at home. So, like, we have all his books, so I'm going to read them all. Um, and I really enjoyed The Firm. Um, and so I've, I've kind of jumped into it talking about personal favorites and book series. So Alec, do you have any personal favorites as far as specific series or books? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so when you brought up the John Grisham, it reminded me when I, I read a few in a row and I think after reading each one, I, I would usually text you and be like, Hey Jack, does this happen in the law world? <laughs> <laughs> and this was before you started law school, but still, I think, uh, I think it happened a few times cause. Well, having read the firm and this there's going to be like a spoiler alert here. Well, I'll keep it general. The illegal things that happen in the firm, I don't think that's real. But I will say, like when they in the book when they talk about billable hours and you know trying to bill as much <laughs> as possible and working young associates to the bone. From what I hear, I haven't worked in a firm full time yet, but having done a summer program or two and having talked to people, those things are all true. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's good to know. Uh, and glad that I didn't go down the uh, lawyer path. But yes, my favorite series, uh, one of my favorite authors in the mystery series uh, is Agatha Christie. And okay. specifically within that, I love the Poirot books. And it's because Poirot is such a fun character. And the way that each book is written is not from the point of view of Poirot, but somebody who's helping him. So sometimes it's the same guy for a few books or it switches okay. uh, authors per se. And so it's really fun to see um, his kind of unassuming uh, and apparently bumbling uh-huh. um, perspective on a case. And everybody's like, oh, what's this Poirot? He's useless. And, you know, he's a very humble guy and, and you know, reveals at the end everything that was going on. Um, then in sci-fi, my favorite uh, series is definitely the Ender series by Orson Scott Card. Love. I've never read the entire series, but I love Ender's Game. I read Ender's Game, I think, 12 times in one year, I think in sixth grade. (laughs) (laughs) I just read it like every other week or so. And um, I have not read it. I don't think I've read it 12 times since sixth grade, but uh, that's probably covered me for quite a bit of time. Um, But then all the books after that, because they really get into a lot of deep philosophical Mm -hmm. uh, discussions that when I was reading them the first time around, I definitely was not old enough to understand everything that was going on. Alec and I did a project on Ender's Game our freshman year of high school together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And so that was a lot easier to understand, but the specific uh, images we took from that book was the Giants game, yep. which was a very interesting, uh, I guess, it's exploration to the psyche of Ender and uh-huh. and decisions and what it me- meant as for him as a person. Um, okay, and then <laughs> moving on, uh, I 
like I mentioned, I like history books. I I like a lot of American history. Mm-hmm. That's basically the genre of history that I read. I I've tried reading more international history. Like I read, well, I read half a book on Russia and the Byzantine Empire, but haven't been as involved outside of American history. Okay, and it's usually been uh, colonial America up until Civil War is my favorite uh-huh. time period to read. And then I actually like reading language books, and that means like an Italian textbook or something. Like I I read that, and I kind of learned Italian throughout the process. It took a lot of time, but I... He's a Renaissance man, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, I try to be, well, the the good Renaissance, right? So (laughs) the good aspect of the the Renaissance. The good aspects. (laughs) Um, But yeah, that's, that's what I like. So now that we talked about that, I think we can sum it up in how reading is tied to the good life. And... Again, now that we've kind of talked about The Good Life in multiple episodes, and usually with the same kind of tie-up somewhere in there of Mm -hmm. how is this related, why are we talking about this, we have talked about it in study, but uh, I think you can see that, you know, The Good Life is pretty much in sync with reading. Yeah, no, definitely. You learn a lot from reading, right? And, you know, like, for instance, our podcast here, a lot of our content um, you know, we pull from various pieces of literature, whether it's fiction, you know, some of the stories we read, some of the books we've read, um, or nonfiction, you know, we, I, you know, I, we, you know, we've talked about different biographies and th- that sort of thing. So, you know, we, we, it's very practical. Um, and then you mentioned earlier, you know, you can, you can learn directly about virtues, uh, or learn, you know, you can read, like you said, like you read Nicomachean Ethics and learn about virtue ethics and the virtues and like what that means. Or you can read, you know, Pride and Prejudice and, you know, see Mr. Darcy and learn, you know, from the characters in a book about what it means to be a good man um, and you pursue, like pursue virtue. So I think that that's another way in which reading is tied to the good life. Yeah. And then getting into leisure, how we talked about leisure is integral to the good life and building culture. Well, reading is a really good way to practice leisure, mm-hmm. and to it is a leisurely activity as long as it's ordered and you're reading a good book. So I think that's another way. And then finally, in in line with leisure, if you're reading something, and maybe more so for for books that have a little more deeper thought or or uh, literature uh, kind of literary elements, it really promotes reflection and contemplation. And again, contemplation being the highest. A kind of end goal of leisure. So I think that's one way to look at it and how reading and the good life are tied together. Yeah, definitely. And I, I think that's, again, I think that gets tied back into, you know, maybe the most important aspect of reading um, being, it's a good way to form yourself. It's a good way to develop your moral imagination. And it's like in this, in this way of reflecting and contemplating what you're reading is where you can truly begin to learn about virtue and apply it in your life. And that, I think the cool thing about, you know, talking about this is I don't think people often are thinking about this when they're reading, right? And so that the fact that we're talking about this, I hope it brings to the attention that reading is a very good way to pursue the good life. You know, it's not just something we do for fun or because we have to, but it's definitely something that we can actively take and make a part of our pursuit of the good life. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of Smith and Scholar. If you liked what you heard, 
Please subscribe to our podcast on all the major platforms, including YouTube, Apple, and Spotify. Also, follow us on Twitter to stay up to date with everything we are doing and thinking. Finally, feel free to give us feedback and ask questions across the different platforms. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, this is Smith and Scholar.